Malachi chapter 3 this morning. That's the last book of the Old Testament. So if you can find Matthew, just turn back a few pages and there you will come across Malachi. You guys will have to excuse me today. I'm coming off a little cold with a sore throat, so I may kind of hack and cough and have to clear my throat some, so I apologize. I don't think I can talk more than about 10 or 15 minutes, so we'll see. Some of y'all are saying amen. Praise the Lord. That's great. Malachi chapter 3. We'll just probably just read one verse this morning and just keep it simple. We've, uh, over the last few weeks, we've gone through some Bible story classics. And, and going through those classics and, and into the scripture today, it's kind of a springboard for us to get us into, into the Christmas season. And so we've kind of been through every phase of Israel's past. We've, we've been through the phase of Judges. After they had gotten into the Promised Land, we, we talked about uh, Samson and the phase of Judges. Then we talked about the time of the kings. We talked a little bit about David. Then we talked about uh, the exile when God uh, took his people from the Promised Land because of their disobedience. And then uh, a week before last, we talked about Nehemiah when God was restoring his people to their land and they were rebuilding the wall, the temple had been rebuilt. And so we've kind of been on this journey through uh, the, the story of Israel throughout the Old Testament. And here we come to Malachi today, which is right at the end of the Old Testament and, and would have been uh, probably around about the same time of the events of Nehemiah and Esther and uh, Ezra. All of those things would have happened all around the same period of time. And up until this point, God had spoken to his people through the prophets. He had sent people uh, to lead them, to instruct them, whether it was Moses or whether it was one of the major prophets or the minor prophets, uh, whoever it may have been, God had spoken through different people. We see good examples of that in Isaiah and Jeremiah. Those are some people that, that, that God spoke through, some prophecies about the Messiah that was to come, in particular in the book of Isaiah. And God had spoke to his people throughout all these years through his messengers, through his prophets that he had sent. But as we saw a week before last with Nehemiah, the people had moved back in and they said all the right things at first. They were going to follow the Lord. They were going to serve the Lord. They were never going to turn their back on the Lord again. But we've heard this before. If you've read through Scripture, we're going through Exodus on Wednesday nights. How many times already in Exodus have we seen God's people turn on God and be disobedient to God and not trust in God? And then all of a sudden they come back, Oh God, we're going to follow you. We're going to serve you. Now we see this pattern all throughout the Old Testament. And we see this pattern even after the people get back into the Promised Land. Even though they get back into Jerusalem... In the book of Nehemiah, we see that the people, it doesn't take them long until they begin to, to uh, turn their back on God and begin to be disobedient to Him. So we've seen that pattern all throughout the Old Testament. And so things are about to change. There is a change that is coming. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. See, I'm going to send my messenger and he will clear the way before me. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant you desire. See, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. 
Father God, we come to you this morning with this one simple verse, but with a, such a wonderful promise, dear Lord, of what was to come. God, you saw what was going on, and you saw that we needed something better. And so, God, we thank you for the promise of Jesus Christ that was to come for them and that has come for us, dear Lord. And I pray that you just hide me behind the cross today. I pray that you help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to bring glory to you. And I pray, God, that you just would humble me, that you would just, just give me the right words to speak. In Jesus' name I say it. I pray it. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 gives a, a promise. Now this is one of many promises throughout the Old Testament. If you go back and read in the Old Testament, you see Jesus everywhere in the Old Testament. Now you may say, well I've read the Old Testament a lot and I've never seen the name of Jesus. No, you haven't seen the name of Jesus, but we do have these what we call foreshadowings of Jesus, these, these glimpses of, of what Jesus is ultimately to be, the, the Messiah that is to come, the plan that God has in store. We see these glimpses of Jesus all throughout the Old Testament. We see this, this pointing us forward to the better way, the perfect way that is to come in Jesus Christ. Now, all of these things had occurred up until this point, and guess what? Through all these hundreds or thousands of years that God had, had, had struggled with, with Israel, He saw that the way things were was not going to be the best way. He knew that he, that he wanted His people to be a people who were set apart, who were holy, who were unlike other people, who were going to lift Him up, who were going to praise Him, who were going to exhibit and show the nations around that their God was all-powerful, that He was worthy of praise, that He was a good God, a strong God, a loving God. But His people continued to be sinful. They continued to be just like all of the other people who were around, there was nothing any different for them. They weren't good representatives for their Lord. This is a good time for us to stop and think. Now, uh, we are not Israel, but if we are children of God, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, if you claim and profess to be a Christian, and indeed you are, we need to make sure that we don't fall into the same trap as the Israelites. We want to make sure that we are being good representatives for the Lord, that we are being good ambassadors for the Lord, that we are, are not like the Israelites, and that is, are people, are people able to tell a difference between us and those who are around us who are lost, who are unsaved? Or can people see something different about us? Because as Christians, we are to be a light in the darkness. We are to be a light in all the darkness that is around us. But in the case of Israel, oftentimes they looked just like everyone who was around them. There was no difference. God was not lifted up. God was not glorified. God was not praised for who He was. He desired to bless His people, but His people did not desire to worship and to serve Him. Now we fall into the same trap. We are no different than the Israelites. We are human beings just the same. And just as God uh, desires for them to be His people and, and He to be their God, so God desires that for us. But like the Israelites, sometimes uh, we may know about God and we may even know who God is and we may indeed even be His child. But we may not always live in a life of obedience to Him. And so this old system, the way things were, was not was not going to work and God knew that it was not going to work. He knew that there were too many ups and downs. He knew that the sacrificial system, the old temple system, He knew that that was never going to be good enough. He knew that there needed to be a Messiah who would come who would be perfect, 
who would be a perfect representative of Him, who would show His love, His grace, His mercy, His faithfulness, His compassion, so that all would focus on that Messiah who was to come, who is Jesus Christ. Everything is centered on Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament pointed us to Jesus Christ. Everything that we read in the New Testament centers around and focuses on what Jesus Christ did. He is perfect. He is the perfect Son of God. He is the perfect example of love and compassion, of mercy. And that is who we look to, and that is the light and the darkness that we seek. The light that is, that is, that is for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ, who has been the light of our life. And He is the light that we are supposed to reflect to the world that so greatly needs to see it. He is the one that the Old Testament pointed to, and He is the one that Malachi is pointing to here in this simple verse. He says, See, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Now, this first part of the verse here is clearly talking about John the Baptist. We see that because we see in the New Testament Jesus Himself even quotes this verse when He's talking about the people. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Did you go to see this? Did you go to see that? No, you came to see the one who was going to be preparing a way. Uh, Jesus goes on to say, as Malachi goes on to say later on in the book, it talks about the Elijah who is to come. And Jesus even tells us who that Elijah to come is. He says, if you will accept it, John the Baptist is the Elijah who is to come. He is the one that Malachi was talking about. He is the messenger who is going to prepare the way and let the people know that the Messiah is here. Here is the Messiah who is before us right now. Now, the, the, the God's people, the Jewish people, they had been looking for the Messiah for hundreds of years. These prophecies that we see in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, for instance, came hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came onto the scene. And even back in the old system, when the old covenant was in place, even then God was telling the people that there was going to be a new and better and perfect covenant that was coming. And so God had already prepared His people. They were looking forward to that Messiah who was going to come and who was going to deliver them. And who delivers us from our sinfulness? And that Messiah was Jesus Christ. Now God had spoke through the people for hundreds of years, thousands of years, through these prophets and through the messengers that he had sent. But from the time of Malachi, from the time of the end of the Old Testament to the time of the birth of Jesus Christ, there were about 400 years where there was darkness, if we can call it that. There was darkness. There was no prophesying. Things were just kind of at a standstill. Now, God had given them exactly all the instruction that they needed. Here, as we see in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, He had told them, look, something better is coming. Someone better is coming. God had done the old way. He had strived with the people of Israel. There were ups and downs. He knew that there had to be something better. And so at the end of the Old Testament, we see God say here in Malachi chapter 1, Look, the messenger, the Lord that you seek, he is coming. And before he comes, there is coming one who is going to prepare a way for him. Now God was letting them know, look, you're going to know when this time comes. You're going to know when the new, uh, the new has come. You're going to know when the Messiah has come. You're going to know because I'm going to send someone beforehand and that's going to be your sign. That's going to be uh, the, the clue to you that the Messiah has entered onto the scene. And so here we have this, this, this verse in Malachi that points us to John the Baptist. 
He was baptizing people. He was pointing people to the Messiah to come. Even some thought that John may have been the uh, John the Baptist may have been the Messiah, but John said, "I'm not even worthy to tie his straps on his sandals." John was pointing people toward the Messiah who was to come. There was darkness for 400 years between the end of what we call the Old Testament and the beginning of what we call the New Testament. There was a time where God didn't speak. There was a time where there was darkness, but it wasn't completely dark because there was a light in the darkness. There was hope that was coming. There was one that God says, there's going to be a better way. And so for those hundreds of years, God's people waited Now, some, no doubt, remained disobedient. But there were some, no doubt, who were faithful. How many? I don't know. But there were, no doubt, some who were a faithful remnant, who continued to pass on God's Word, who continued to preach and teach God's Word, who continued to trust God, to live for God, to be obedient to Him, and to look forward to the day that the Messiah was going to come. We see that early on in the story of Jesus' birth and uh, the stories of of, of Simeon and Anna, just brief little spots in the text. But there's two examples of people who trusted God's word in the Old Testament. Promises just like what we see here in Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 that says that there is a Messiah who is coming. And there were those, those are just two examples. And there were no doubt others who were faithful, who were waiting, who in that darkness, in that time where God had not spoken, they were looking for that light. That little glimmer of hope that God promised was come. And that glimmer of hope is Jesus Christ. Let's read a little further. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant you desire. See, he is coming. Now here we kind of have a a shift here. We, We see this messenger that was talked about that was going to prepare the way. But then we see a mention that... Uh, the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And then we have another mention of the messenger, which uh, I believe clearly is Jesus Christ here. The messenger is providing a way for the Lord who is going to come. And the Lord did come in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ did go to the temple as these very words say. The Lord will suddenly appear in the temple, and he did upon Jesus' birth when he went to his circumcision. There he went to the temple. There is where we see Simeon and where we see Anna, who were where? They were at the temple waiting for the Messiah to come as it had been revealed to them as they knew that this was going to take place. And here, all of the prophecies upon the birth of Jesus Christ are fulfilled. Everything that God had pointed his people to look forward to, everything that he said, look, there is a better way coming. And even though there was a period of darkness for the people of Israel for 400 years, God came through on his promise and he sent the Messiah. Not only was Jesus in the temple at his birth, but also years later as a young child, his parents wandered off and left him on the way back home. And there uh, they they realized after they got going a little ways, Jesus was gone. They went back and where was Jesus? He was there in the temple. He was in his father's house. He was teaching people God's word. He was teaching them the scripture. And everything in the Old Testament that we see from beginning to end is pointing us toward the coming of of the Messiah. And Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 is a good reminder to us. It's a good reminder to us that there is light 
Now, for the people of Israel, they were waiting on the light to come. For us, we have seen the light. When you read God's Word, when you open the Scripture and you read about Jesus Christ, that is the light. Whether you realize it or not, that is the light that is to come. That is the light in the darkness of your life. If there is any darkness there, He is the perfect new way that was to come. It was going to fulfill everything that the old way, that the old covenant could never fulfill. He was the light at the end of the tunnel. And just as the God's people of Israel needed that better way, needed that perfect way, so do you and I. Now if you go back and you read the beginning of the book of Malachi, and I would encourage you to do it, it's a short book, but at the beginning of the book of Malachi, you see just how bad of a shape that God's people were in. They didn't fear God. They weren't obedient to God. They didn't respect God. The priesthood was falling apart. The priests that God had put into place, they didn't take their position seriously. They weren't looking after the needs of the people. The people were going through the motions, but they had no real relationship or love for God. When it comes time to bring offerings or to bring sacrifices, they were bringing the, the worst of the worst, the animals that were hurt, that were lame or blind, the ones that they didn't have any good for. This ain't going to be any good for me. Well, let me give that one to the Lord. Instead of giving God the best that they had to offer, they were giving God just enough so they felt like they were getting by so they would feel better about themselves. And they were they were saying, well, why is God doing things the way that God is doing things? Does God even care? Why does God allow all these evil things to take place and all these, these things that they had against God, all of these ways that they were disrespecting God? Israel was in a bad place and God knew it. God knew they were in a bad place. He knew that they needed something better, a better way. And so he sent, with, he sent them Jesus Christ, who was going to bring with him a new covenant, a new covenant of grace, a new covenant that didn't require God's people to make sacrifices continually, but a new covenant that only required the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ and Christ alone, the only sacrifice that was good enough. And with that came grace. With that came mercy. With that came compassion. With that came forgiveness of sins for all people who would accept it. Now, if you go back and read Malachi, or maybe some of those things I said, they may sound like they hit close to home for you. Perhaps you're living in a similar way. Perhaps there are some in this room and you've gone to church your whole life and maybe, maybe you're not in love with the Lord at all. Maybe you come because you feel like you need to, but you're not giving the Lord your best. You kind of come and you go through the motions and you're, you're, you're fulfilling the letter of the law, so to speak, uh, to check off some boxes. But you don't really love the Lord. You're just kind of, he's just kind of there. You don't hate him, but he's just kind of there in your life and he's not very important to you. That was kind of the, that was kind of the place that the Israelites were at. Obviously, they still acknowledged the Lord in some way. They hadn't completely given up on Him. But boy, they didn't really love God the way they should. They didn't really give God all that they had, the best that they had to offer. They held back. And they were in bad shape. And they were living in darkness. Now, some of you may be in the same boat as they are. You may, you may not have a relationship with God. Maybe you've heard God's Word preached hundreds of times in your life. You may have even read Scripture before, but you don't really love the Lord. You know the Lord. You know the Scripture. But does your heart really love the Lord? 
There may be some in this room and you're living in darkness. You may be in a similar darkness to the people of, of Israel. You may have had ups and downs in your life and you may be in a down right now where you feel like that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You may have gone a long period of time now where you feel like you're hopeless and you're helpless, but I want to tell you there is a light in the darkness and that light is Jesus Christ. And you need to remember that as we approach this season that we call Christmas and in the weeks to come as we begin to look at the birth of Jesus Christ and the events that surround that, that is the reminder to us that the light has come. We are not waiting on the light. We have seen the light in Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ came, because God was true to his word, because he gave us a better way, because he, needed, he knew that there needed to be another way, because of all of that, because he has sent Jesus Christ, we have hope. We have hope because we have forgiveness of sins. If we are in those periods where we are in darkness, if we are in a period where we have rejected God, if you've never, uh, if you've never acknowledged and accepted Jesus Christ in your Lord and Savior, then you need to know that Jesus Christ loved you enough to give his life for you, that he loved you enough to come from a perfect heaven, to come to this sin-filled world, to go through all the ridicule and all the suffering and pain that he went through because he loved you, because he doesn't want you to stay in that darkness, because he wants to give you a better way. He doesn't want to give you hoops to jump through. He doesn't want to give you boxes to check. He doesn't put any burden on you to get your own salvation. He took all the burden on himself when he gave his life on the cross so that he could give you grace. We don't deserve it, but he gives it to us because he loves us. God's word told us from the get-go all throughout the Old Testament we knew that there was coming a better way. He tells us here at the end of the Old Testament there is going to be a better way. There's going to be one that's coming before him. He's going to, he's going to let you know that he's the one that comes. And when he comes, boy, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day for those who have put their faith and trust in him. Now, I don't know anybody's heart, but I hope that everybody in here has experienced the grace of Jesus Christ. I hope that you know that he loves you and he can forgive you and he will forgive you if you come to him. I hope you know that, boy, he's a wonderful savior. He's a wonderful savior that you desire to, to, to serve, to love, to be obedient to. He's not the kind of savior that cracks a whip on you. He's not the kind of savior that gives you a heavy burden to carry around, but he takes all of that burden from you by his death on the cross and by him covering your sins. I'm telling you, he's a good savior and he loves you. And I want you to love him and experience that grace. If you're living in darkness today, I want you to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that light has already come. We're not looking forward to it. We're looking back at what Jesus Christ on the, did on the cross. And that is the hope that we have and the light that we have in the darkness. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words. And I pray that you help us as we reflect on... on the coming of your son, dear Lord, here at this Christmas season, that we realize just how significant that that was, dear Lord, that that was the fulfillment of so many things that you promised, dear Lord, that you were going to send your messenger, that you were going to come yourself in the form of Jesus Christ, dear Lord God, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could receive grace. And I pray, God, that if there's one in this room that's never experienced the love of Jesus Christ, that they would know today that Jesus loves them. I pray that you just help them to feel that in their heart, that they know without a doubt that Jesus loves them. God, that they can know today that there is forgiveness of sins. God, we are all sinners, every 
single one of us. And maybe like the Israelites, we go up and down and we do good for a while and then we sin and we keep coming back to you, God. But we thank you for that grace and that mercy and that compassion. But God, maybe there are some in this room that's never come to you before. I pray today that they would come and humble themselves and submit themselves to Jesus Christ, make him Lord of their life, ask forgiveness of their sins, and accept Jesus and follow him, dear Lord, and follow through in baptism just as your word commands. God, I pray that maybe there are some in their years and they know who you are and they know you love them and they know Jesus died for them and they're just, they're just struggling. Maybe it's with a sin or maybe it's just with some burden that's on their heart, dear Lord. I pray that they would come to you. God, I pray that they would seek you today and know that you're a light in their darkness, dear Lord, that you're strength in their weakness, God. And I pray that you just help them to come to you today if, if, if there's something on their heart. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.